Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Southern Sports Today proudly presents The Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Most of us recognize college football's biggest problem. Let me eliminate 50% of our solutions. Chuck Oliver show on a Monday, and we have a new Super Bowl champion. Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. Patrick Mahomes is just a magician. I said, I don't know, I think it was last year, that the Chiefs weren't special because of Sammy Watkins or or Cheetah. They were special because of that kid. And that's just what it is, man. Throughout football, and I've said throughout all sports, there is no player that is as impactful in the bottom line outcome of the game than the quarterback. And I like I said, any sport. Then there's the coaching. When I say that most of us recognize college football's biggest problem, it's all of the issues related to the instantaneous nature of transferring, of leaving, of being on one roster and then the next day being on any time of the year, at least being off that roster, if not officially portaled. But that's college football's biggest problem. When I say I can eliminate 50% of the solutions, at least 50% of the sources, and I talked about this a little bit last week when it was someone else, but now it's much bigger than someone else. Um, When I say the 50%, that's the players, the kids. Let me rephrase players, the kids. The kids are not going to solve this. And when it was the BC coach, my show notes from last week, in fact, I went back and looked. This is more oddity than import to most of us. To most of us, it's, quote, just Boston College. And then even further, it's just the ACC. When it was the BC coach... It was more, oh, look what happened to that team that's not very good in the conference that really doesn't even have any of its business together. The newest example is Chip Kelly. He's the head coach at UCLA. A championship-capable program in the most lucrative conference in college sports. And if you haven't seen, like last week, Jeff Halfley, I'm done as the BC head coach. Head coach in Power 5, I'm going to go be a coordinator in uh, in the NFL. Uh, Chip Kelly, head coach at UCLA. And honestly, he's not even the most important one from the weekend. Head coach at UCLA, which I said championship-capable program. They really are. Most lucrative conference in college sports? They are now. That guy, not the BC coach, that guy quit to be an assistant for a conference team only because he couldn't get an NFL job like the Alabama offensive coordinator who is now calling plays for the Seahawks. So let me go back. We all recognize college football's biggest problem. 
Well, coaches are leaving. No, 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 no. Why? <laughs> the problem is the coaches leaving. That's going to be the blatant part. Well, I say going to be. What do you mean going to be? It's already happening. No, they haven't started playing games yet. I've already predicted, but like back during December, I said, end of, end of September 2024, get to the end of the first month of this coming season. And we're all going to kind of have a step back moment, I believe. I think it's going to take about a month for us to see that there are some programs who literally over this nine-month period from the end of their regular season, end of November, bowl game was whatever it was. I don't know, like 60 kids showed up and you played them, whatever. The end of the regular season to week one of 2024, we're going to see there are some programs who quiet quit college football. Uh, there are going to be some COVID sort of outcomes where you're looking around going, uh, this was supposed to be competitive. What happened? Well, we quit playing college football or at least trying to actually win consistently at a bigger level. So um, we're going to see that. Well, why did they quit? Well, because they can't afford it. They didn't want to quit. They love football. They loved having good players, but they can't afford it. So that's the outcome. The actual problem is the roster whack-a-mole that coaches encounter. And then so all of this unfolds from that. When I say I eliminate 50% of our solutions, that's because you have the adults and you have the kids. That's all you can draw from. Where do we get a solution to this? Well, there are two parties involved, the grown people and then the players. And so when I say kids... I really want to, I'm using that word intentionally because I want us to think of someone who is 18, 19, 20, or 21 in most cases. And then think about you at that age. I've talked about it. Good choices, not all. And I was, I was, kind of, I was a good kid. Um, good choices all the time? Of course not. So the kids aren't going to solve this. For most kids, 18 to 21 years old, Name, image, likeness, the chance to get paid. They are too busy grabbing more money in four months of football season than their mom or dad has made in five years combined. So when the result of this was Jeff Halfley saying, Green Bay Packers, I'll come work for you. I will sit at the side of the table now. I don't, I'm not going to sit at the end of the table anymore where I'm in charge. Now I'm going to sit at the side of the table. When it was the BC coach, we were like, wow, that sucks for BC. All right, back to stuff that actually does matter in college football. This is UCLA, a big giant program in the Big Ten, quitting to be an assistant for another conference team because he just swung and missed getting to the NFL in part because all the OC jobs on Sunday got soaked up, one of them by the Alabama OC. So when I say the kids can't be counted on to be forward-thinking and long-range planning, please understand. It's not criticism. They're kids. <laughs> they're kind of doing what they're supposed to. Now, at some point, I don't know, uh, the bones grow together and the frontal lobe and uh, whatever else, and hopefully mom didn't smoke. So at some point, maturity comes into it. At 19, let me put it this way. I, I was talking about budgets and like a national championship budget for like that Ohio State Georgia it's like 225 250 million dollars that's the budget all right well let's say that across the 16 team whatever conference 
not everybody's spending that. How about on average they're spending $150 million? Do my math for me. Is that $2.4 billion in revenue in Big Giant Conference with 16 teams? Did I do that math right? Um, I got a question. In what other industry do we put serious decision-making policy of a $2.4 billion business in the hands of 18 to 21-year-olds? Did I do the math right? $2.4 billion, 18 to... We don't. So... Here, we have to, especially after 2020, with everything, all the layers to that onion. I told you, but Maryland had a quarterback commit who wanted, I want to go somewhere else. We've already signed a letter of intent to come here. Yeah, but you know what? I'll go on Yelp and give you a one-star review. Maryland's like, cool. <laughs> letter of intent doesn't even matter. So, and again, criticizing the kids, they're kind of making the, um, again, it's depth of character, long-range planning, forward-thinking gray matter. It's not the calling card of most 19-year-olds. Wasn't me. So that's that's what's going on from the kids' side, and that's 50% of our potential solutions is the kids' The solution that eventually equals a head coach at a Big Ten school making fat stacks. Might have gotten fired after this year. I don't know. You know what they do when they fire you? They pay you. Is he motivated by money? I don't know. Based on what I know about Chip Kelly, like this may have changed. Several years ago, I was like, I think he's single. I don't know if that's still true. But he doesn't strike me as, like, playboy lifestyle and blowing through all his cash. I don't know. Um, but he's, like, he's already made his money. All right? There were piles left to get. This isn't like, you know, Arthur Smith, the head coach that just got fired from the Falcons about a month ago, he had two years left on a contract that was paying him between 6 and $8 million a year. Now, you think for most people, finally, I work my way up coaching 20 years, and I get to be hired, and I'm a head coach, and finally, I'm getting paid. And I get three years' worth of paychecks, and then they fire me, and they got to break me off for the rest, too. So if, as embarrassing and angry and everything else as it was, at least I got paid. Brother got broke off. Arthur Smith's dad founded FedEx. So, like, even the money didn't jazz him. So there are guys who, and he got the money at least. I don't think Arthur Smith really, the money didn't really do much for Arthur Smith. Dad Freddie, yeah, he already had it. So, so that that's not all. And for Chip Kelly, who I don't think his father founded, you know, UPS, but um, he's made some bucks. There were still piles and piles and piles for basically doing exactly what he's going to do at Ohio State, stand on the sideline with his play sheet and try to spend gold, except he's not going to get asked the questions. Hey, chart this course for us because it's all brand new and we have no idea what to do, and that's why we just lost our five-star quarterback. And they did, by the way, Dante uh, Dante Moore. Um, and so Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly, that guy, Chip UCLA head coach, Big Ten head coach, palms up, out. Um, so since the kids are the kids, it's up to some of the adults who are staying in the game to nudge the players towards adopting policies that make rosters 
more sustainable season to season. I'm going to say that again. Write this down. Some of the adults who are staying in the game need to nudge the players towards adopting policies that make rosters more sustainable for coaches season to season. You do that, like 80% of this can go away. There's the number one reason coaches are fleeing. Rosters week to season to season, week to week are not overly sustainable. Fix that, and the big picture problems of college football are at least delayed some. Kick down the road. Um, but as it is, we have the UCLA head coach and the Alabama OC going, yeah, I want something easier. Chip Kelly said, I just don't want to be in charge. I don't, I don't, and I don't want to get fired maybe, but again, we got money. I think the talent he's going to have that he doesn't really have to be in charge. I've told like Todd Munkin at Georgia. I told you last week, we went through a few examples of even in today's era, there are still a few assistant coaches who, all right, all you just stand on the sidelines or sit upstairs where your play sheet and just, just call plays. That's all. You don't have to really be involved in the recruiting and all that. We'll just, and you don't have to coach a facet of special teams just with your play sheet and just, you call plays. Some guys get to Chip Kelly at Ohio State may get to do that. And bully for the Buckeyes. I think this is... This everything big picture commentary about all this, take it out of the way. Like Ryan Day did. He's like, yeah, I'll take that guy. And Ryan Grubb's like, yeah, I just don't want to do it at all. So, so where we sit on this Monday, going to take a quick break, come back, jump into it next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Monday on Chuck Oliver Show. I dare say Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL had more reverb in the NFL than really in college. It was predicted that Mentor would go, and you assumed that there would be a Harbaugh, something or other, you know, the pipeline to Baltimore and then the rest of the NFL. And he then the special teams Harbaugh is now in Seattle. Is that right? Hey, is he in Seattle, right? Jay Harbaugh? Uh, Jay Harbaugh is in Seattle. By okay. the way, uh, we have a little bit of breaking news, Chuck. We also have, we have a UCLA head coach. Would you like to take a stab? Um, don't say Tommy Reese. It is not Tommy Reese. Uh, Troy Taylor. Uh, that would have made some sense, but All now right. we, uh, we we do not have any movement in the pipeline. I literally was just about to stop. I was going to say, I literally was just getting to this, and you're saying it's breaking. I was going to go to Sean Foss. Like, literally the the underwhelming list of candidates, but it sounds like I would have even missed making that point. No, no, you you said the name, Deshaun Foster. That's your new no, head coach of the Bruins. No. Just announced literally by UCLA on their Twitter six minutes ago, uh, Deshaun Foster, who had left as running backs coach to go to the NFL as an assistant, is now back as the head coach of the Bruins. So at least we aren't going to have, as far as we know, any more dominoes triggered by the UCLA head coaching job. Okay, Um, you're right, because the running back job for the Raiders doesn't really um, reverb, I guess. So... And, they, again, he had just left, so – and he played there. 
big fan of Deshaun Foster. Played for the Carolina Panthers, and this is like the this is the poker hand I lost. Like nobody wants that. This is the fantasy team that won Deshaun Foster. I'll just leave it out there. Two years won me, much, especially in the playoffs. He had an a, a NFC Championship game, as I'm recalling. Um, so tough, 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 tough running back. Uh, played in the league for a while, by like five, six years, and then got into coaching at UCLA. And I don't know him from anywhere else. Um, but he's now the head coach. So, all right. And that's not – I literally was about to go over the list. I was like, I'm seeing, like, legitimate names here. And Tommy Reese, I, you know, made underwhelming sense, but it made – I mean, it made sense. It was underwhelming, but it made sense. Um, Deshaun Foster may make sense. I don't know. I, I think at the end, Chuck, what a lot of schools, it, it kind of dives into what your theme was there at the beginning about schools and this concept you put out there of uh, you know, who's quiet quitting. I don't know that UCLA is quiet quitting, but what I do know is UCLA looks at their situation right now and says, okay, first of all, we're not exactly overflowing with great candidates at this particular yep. time of availability. So what have we got? We've got somebody here who I'm sure is pretty cost effective compared to whatever you were paying Chip. Uh, because he's getting this great opportunity to be a head coach at UCLA. You're getting a guy coming back to the alma mater after uh, Chip Kelly just does not do whatever is necessary for relations with boosters. He didn't even do it at Oregon, so he certainly wasn't doing it very effectively at UCLA. So, hey, remember when you watched Deshaun, what a great time it was running the ball, and, uh, hey, he's going to be your best buddy, your best friend, Booster. Won't you please, please, please contribute for NIL? I I think that you're going to see a lot of schools over the next two to three years kind of – say, okay, if we can't go out and get that big name or that brilliant coach that we're convinced is this X and O savant that's just going to change everything, maybe it becomes bring back the beloved alum and, and hope that he can loosen up the money and that'll be how we win because we're not going to win because of uh, out-recruiting just on raw recruiting. We can't do it, so we got to figure out how to loosen up it, the boost strings. It is, and it's it had become sort of a thing. I don't think consciously i think there were a couple of one-offs because when i started processing this i was like hang on the running backs coach um and again i'm gonna paint with a real broad brush running backs coach usually is not the guy at the head of the organizational or the technique or the x's and he can be but a lot of times um a lot of times a lot of times he's a recruiter and in the nfl that kind of goes away so you're like all right well the guy can coach um I saw a couple of one-offs, Heath, that I think Deshaun Foster, as I'm processing this, and you started talking, I was like, yeah, this is a Clark Lee thing. He played at Vanderbilt. We're quiet quitting, and so we need somebody who will at least either, like, take the job 19% because he loves the program or sustain with the program instead of getting frustrated after three seasons, maybe it'll be four. Brent Key at Georgia Tech, I don't think I'm off there. Like, part of this is we want someone – we're not trying to convince you and start from zero to get you to say yes – we want to start with someone who the fix is kind of in. Like, if he's going to say yes and it's a first job and et cetera, I think this the Clark Lee-Brent Key thing has sort of become a thing. Well, yeah, and you look at Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, hiring someone who's an alum does not guarantee that they will stay forever and ever and, and always be loyal. But at the same time, and look, there's some Michigan people who are livid about the idea that not just that he left, but he's taken so many coaches. Uh, but But having said that, yeah, you, you have that existing relationship. You have at least the the idea that a guy like Brent Key is going to stay at Georgia Tech 
in a way that anyone who is not Brent Key or someone else similarly connected to that program probably would not, that they would look and say, hey, man, first time there's an SEC job with better resources, I'm hopping over there. That's not to say Brent Key, if I don't know, three years from now, five years from now, Alabama's on the other end, that Brent Key will definitely hang up the phone. But you feel like, well, at least there's a chance he might be serious about staying here. Whereas if you just hired the next Tom Herman type of guy, you know that dude's out the door instantly. Yeah, that he is bound only by his opportunities. Uh, Whereas we need somewhere because of the finance. Like I said, one-offs. Vanderbilt was just listing as a program after the Derek Mason thing, him being the head coach. Um, And then with Georgia Tech, it was finances. It was... Because uh, remember, they whacked the baseball, uh, the uh, basketball coach as well, um, Passner. And so it wasn't like they had that breaking bad storage facility with the $80 million in it. I mean, they had to make ends meet. And part of it was this guy is one of ours. And he wants he wants to be a head coach. He wants to be a head coach. He, you're exactly right, Heath. I, and, and look, I mean, think about the other reality of what we've seen here too, Chuck, which is that if you're an AD right now with the current situation with the portal – Man, it's probably better to be wrong in a hurry than be right but take two weeks to get there for the level of damage you're going to do to your personnel. It's a little harder for UCLA kids to just bail out right now because it's the middle of February, but still, they have the right to go in the portal for 30 days. The quicker you get somebody in there, especially in this case, someone that was actually with them that they have a relationship with, we haven't seen a mass exodus at Michigan because they kept Sharon Moore. This is kind of the same concept, even though he wasn't literally still in the building with Foster. Yeah, and there's one big curveball here that I don't I, I don't know I have the answer to, but I think I do. There still is school. Like if spring practice, quote spring practice happens during this semester, you have to be enrolled as a student. Like you can't just hey, I'm gonna enroll, so I'm just gonna show up and I'll go through practice. Can't do that. Um, and so I don't know. It's too late to get into class. You can get in the portal and choose a program, but as far as getting there and starting work. It's not going to happen. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Now back to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. All week all year, it's all college football. Chuck Oliver Show, been doing it a decade, nine states and 60 sticks. We beat it out every day. I'm very fortunate. Um, my 15th and 30th certainly doesn't look like Chip Kelly, but he's just the latest example. If you hate your job or you hate certain elements of your specific job, head coach the money we all get hung up with if you don't make that money we don't get past the money what do you mean you quit 
Um, it's just really, really hard to bend our brain around, what do you mean, You that much money? You just make them fire you, like all of that. If you hate your job, man, you hate your job. And I think there were elements of And he might have got fired after this year anyway. Um, but there were elements of it, like chasing an 18, I'm sorry, chasing a 17-year-old high school quarterback, getting him to come to campus for about four months, and then him going public and saying, yeah, Chip Kelly sucks. Maybe, maybe that is something he got tired of, so... He still won't be cutting his own grass or ironing his own shirts. I promise you. I want to welcome on right now, Letterman Row. They cover the Buckeyes. Spencer Holbrook, what's up, brother? How you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate your time today. Chip Kelly, to me, like he's on one of those short lists of his way works, man. If he can stand there with his play sheet and just spend gold, it, that's what it's going to be, yards and points. Um, Tell me what the general thought among, like, the Ohio State fan base is about this hire because I'm not a Buckeyes fan. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think you're uh, a Buckeyes fan in that regard because the Ohio State fan base thinks it is awesome. Uh, To get the former uh, mastermind of the Oregon offense, guy who has never had a a rushing total under uh, the top 20 in the country, you know, he's just – they've just been able to run the ball with him, Uh, whether that's at Oregon, whether that's with the Eagles – uh, the 49ers, and then at UCLA, they ran the ball really, really well with Zach Charbonnet uh, in that offensive line. So the Ohio State fan base loves it because Ohio State hasn't been able to run the ball very well the last three years. Um, that's never been more apparent than in the Michigan game and then in that Peach Bowl against Georgia. So, you know, you, you've got to be able to run the ball to win in, in December and January. Ohio State thinks that it's going to be able to uh, now that it's got one of the best uh, innovators in, in the sport still to this day, uh, you know, holding the play sheet. Spencer, you may have answered my next question because I was going to say, um, all right, as much as I love uh, this fit, Chip Kelly, with all those studs on the Ohio State offense, I was like, they just hired Bill O'Brien, and they're really, really different. Um, I was going to ask you how those two seemingly incongruous hires can happen back-to-back. Was it because, by God, if we hire Bill O'Brien, we know we'll run the ball? Uh, yeah, kind of, a little bit. Uh, but Ryan Day wanted somebody with NFL experience and college football experience. Chip Kelly fits that bill. Bill O'Brien fit that bill uh, perfectly. You know, he was the head coach at, at Penn State and, and right on down the line. I don't need to go through the Wikipedia nah. article about Bill O'Brien, but, you know, he's a guy who had all of that experience. There's only one person maybe on earth who had better experience than Bill O'Brien, and that's Chip Kelly. Uh, and so Ryan Day obviously played under Chip Kelly, has coached under Chip Kelly, is best friends with Chip Kelly. And, oh, by the way, Chip Kelly is a really, really good offensive mind. It almost made too much sense. Once Bill O'Brien left for Boston College, it was a quick search for a reason because Ryan Day talks to Chip Kelly, you know, about their kids, about, uh, you know, their days back in Manchester, New Hampshire, about playing quarterback for Chip Kelly back in the day. And so – uh, let alone offering him a job to leave a job, like you said at the beginning of this, that he hates. And so it, it almost made too much sense, and that's why it came together so quickly, uh, you know, hiring Chip Kelly. Uh, can I – just your opinion maybe, because I don't know if you've talked to Chip or gotten confirmation, but by all versions, like the portal and roster whack-a-mole and all this and having to, like, require to be so much more forward as a head coach now, everybody's version was Chip just got tired of it. Yeah, and that's basically, uh, you know, everything that I've heard from okay. whether that's coaching circles or, you know, writers and stuff like that. It's it's one of those things where, where Chip's been pretty vocal about the direction he thinks college football should go, and college football has decided to go maybe the opposite direction of that um, so far. And maybe if the, the players start getting paid and Chip gets – and it looks more like what Chip's vision of college football is, then, then maybe he'll get back into that head coaching rank. But for now, you know, 
it seems like he's more interested in just calling ball plays, and that's exactly what he's going to get to do at Ohio State. He's not going to need to be a recruiter for sure. They've got, no. they've got stud recruiters across the board on that offensive staff. You don't need to do anything like that. You just need to come in, run the play sheet. When Ryan Day's thinking about uh, recruiting and NIL and meeting with boosters, uh, Chip can think about third and four from the 21-yard line, and uh, that's exactly what Chip wants to do. And Ryan Day doesn't want to give up that play calling, but he almost has to at this point. And so, uh, you know, Chip's the guy. Wrapping up, Spencer Holbrook, um, LettermanRow.com is the website. It's an on three thing. So have you already posted your article? Have you looked at the UCLA roster about any uh, tasty transfer potential um, from that roster to follow their coach? Because that used to be frowned upon. Now it's almost expected. Well, it's funny because it's not just Chip Kelly that they could be following, but uh, Justin Fry, the offensive line coach at Ohio State, uh, is the former offensive line coach under Chip Kelly at UCLA. Uh, and recruited a lot of the now starting offensive linemen at UCLA to uh, the UCLA roster before he left for Ohio State. Now he's at Ohio State, and Ohio State is in the market to potentially, after the spring, add an offensive lineman. So you could see a little bit of movement there, depending on how things shake out, if any UCLA players want to leave. You know, they just promoted a pretty popular coach in that building to be the head coach there. So you don't know if anybody's going to leave, but I, you can't put it past Ohio State to at least kick the tires on some of these guys if they were to go in the portal and if Ohio State thinks they're a fit. I don't see too many guys on that roster. Ohio State already hosted a former UCLA player in the winter portal window, and, and he ended up going to USC uh, following his defensive coordinator. But, you know, you, you just never know now. Like you said, it used to be frowned upon. Now it's almost expected. Uh, but when it's head coach to offensive coordinator like Chip Kelly's doing, maybe it's not mm-hmm. the same uh, as, you know, Chip Kelly taking a different head coaching job and taking players with him. You, you just have to kind of wait and see because – None of these UCLA guys can get into colleges elsewhere right now if they go in the portal anyway because of class schedules and things like that. So you just have to wait until after the spring portal. I I was about that because I mentioned that in the the opening of the show. I was like, folks, as I understand it, I'm going to just use some wild dates here. Like January 5th, classes start somewhere, and then the semester's over like March 10th, and then you two weeks and come back for, you know, spring. Um, You have to be enrolled in class to go through any part of spring practice that happens this semester, and it's way, way too late to get enrolled now, isn't it? Yeah, and and even the schools that are on the quarter system still, they're few and far between, but even those schools that start much later, Uh, those classes have already even started. And so it's going to be really hard for any player to leave UCLA right now or leave any program right now and get into a class somewhere. So that's why a lot of people think that, and, you know, myself included, think that the spring portal window is going to be very active because, you know, who's replaced their coaches like a Michigan and Alabama, now UCLA, uh, those schools that Alabama poached for their coordinator jobs, you know, those schools, the players there couldn't really leave. They had their hands tied behind their backs here. So after the spring window, when you can get back into classes and, and start class in the fall at your new school, I think the spring window is going to be pretty uh, pretty active uh, just because of the class schedules and the way that this coaching carousel kind of shook out this year. Okay, so lose to Michigan again. Uh, skeleton crew can't hold on against Missouri in the second half in the bowl game, which nobody, I guess, must, much cares about. But coming off of that end of the season, it ain't even Valentine's Day yet, and Ohio State fans are like, bring on the season. We're going to be national champs. Um, is there, like, does Ryan Day, he's got to be conscious of this. Does he want to, like, pump the brakes? Like, like, let's let the valve open just a tiny bit. It's February. Uh, you would think, but talking to Ryan Day last week, 
inside the building, we had a press conference with him, and, and he quoted his former quarterback, C.J. Stroud, and said, uh, you know, pressure is a privilege. They understand the expectations. You don't lose at Ohio State. And when you lose a game, it's the end of the world. Uh, and they've done it the last three years against Michigan, like you said. They lost to the bowl game. They, they lost to Georgia last year. Could have won a national championship, but that's almost could have, should have, would at this point. Um they understand the pressure. They understand the territory. And adding these players like a Caleb Downs and, and all of those other guys, it's, that, that just ramps it up. Um, so they've almost asked for it at this point. Adding Chip Kelly almost uh, adds more fuel to that fire. Uh, they're not backing down from the pressure whatsoever. And I think it's a really interesting strategy. You know, a lot of times coaches are trying to take it one day at a time. Um, you, know, you know, like you said, pump the brakes, open the valve a little bit at a time. But Ryan Day is almost – saying, you know, hey, bring it on. We want the pressure. We know what's up, what we're up against this year, and we know we got to go win one. All right. I, had a, I, I just had a bad Ohio State 2023 because going into the season, I was like, Naps, Ryan Day, doesn't matter. Quarterback will be great. Um, and it wasn't. And I was like, but I'm still skeptical. I need to see that defense. I don't trust it. Um, I trust the defense now. Is it as long as we got the same leadership, we're going to be good despite players moving on? Because that thing happened over the course of two seasons. They went from being the problem to being the reason Ohio State had a shot in that Michigan game, I think. Uh, yeah, for sure. And here, here's the thing, you know, like I just said, pressure is a privilege. Ryan Day said last week, uh, you know, somebody asked him about his defense taking another step forward. And he said, well, if you thought it was good in year two, wait for year three. So, you know, he's even putting that on his defense, knowing how good it can be with all those guys coming back, you know, four defensive line starters back. You're replacing both your linebackers, but you got four guys back in the secondary. Oh, by the way, you had Caleb Downs and it just looks like it's becoming even better. So, it, it's not one of those things where they're trying to say, hey, you know, we got to prove ourselves again on the defensive side. They think they've already proven themselves, and then they can build off of that proof. Um, and that's a different setting for Ryan Day to be in because his first year he was handed a pretty good defense with Chase Young on it and some of those guys. Uh, and then the defense fell off, and the last two years they've worked on building it back up. Now they're pretty confident in what they've got coming back. And it's a, it's new territory for Ryan Day on that side of the football, but but they think that this defense is championship-worthy, and I have a hard time disagreeing with it. No, oh, Jim Knowles, he laid hands on the defense, and it just got better, man. That's just uh, really, really – because the talent was always there. Um, it just it didn't equal what we were used to, and now it does again. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on and giving the expertise, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Ohio State, man. If um, And I said this about halfway through the season, that – I was like, if this is because I kept with Kyle McCord, I was like, folks, you get better. And this is, I was right about this quarterbacks. You just get better playing in games. That's how you get better. It's the, and it's really the only way. And he's going to, he's going to have his breakthrough and he wasn't bad. Um, wasn't overly accurate sometimes, but he wasn't bad, but I was like, he'll break through. And my big point was, did you see what they just did on defense to Penn state? I was like, if that's their defense, I was like, folks, they're going. They'll they'll figure out that. Well, they're going to figure it out. They may figure it out with the Kansas State kid or the recruit from Alabama, but they're going to figure it out. Just not with who I. So I guess big picture, I wound up being right about that. Ryan Day, he'll get that figured out. <laughs> the figure out was Kyle McCord. Why don't you go play at Syracuse? I think it was Syracuse. Um, but their defense. My goodness. When I say the talent was always there, that's not just this broad brush. It, Sean Wade, wasn't he supposed to be like the number one corner in college going into this season? His final season? I, that didn't happen. Is he just one kid? Sure. Um, were there a lot more who had that same? Yeah, they didn't produce. They just didn't produce. There was a Saturday in, against Purdue. 
like I said, I'm not even a Buckeyes fan. I was like, oh, I was doing that thing where, like, you close one eye and, like, lean back the other way. I was like, oh. Um, it just, just I think it was Rondell Moore had a day against him. But, and it wasn't just them. It was kind of normal. And you're like, all right, shootout time. Not anymore. And he's going to get the quarterback thing fixed. And with Chip Kelly calling plays, my goodness, you talk about the trust level and the expertise level and the experience level. And he was right. We talked about the quack attack, like back in the day, was it Darren Thomas and Lake Seastrunk and that whole bunch? Um, Kenyon Barner, just they were so good uh, and fast, 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 fast. So it won't be like that, but it will be a lot even better, I'll say, NFL prospects than even he had at Oregon because that was more of a college approach for 14 years ago. Um, no, this is an NFL approach. Like, we're going to press you all over the place because this is what we have. We have a Pro Bowl team over here. We're going to break. Wrap up our one next. The king of college football, no matter where you go, with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. And then when you start saying, all right, well, how do we have the best nutrition? How do we make sure that our guys are equipped in the safest, best way? How do we make sure that recruiting-wise we can compete with anybody? And how do we make sure that assistant coach comp, we don't have to have new coaches every year. So when you start looking at all those things, uh, the Big Ten and the SEC is what provides that. Good fish. He's, I'm, he's just the latest. I'm not laughing at him. I'm not laughing, actually. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm absorbing this. Jet Fish is the latest. He is the Washington Huskies head football coach. Head coach. U-dub. Did he look into the camera and start singing, you'll never walk alone? What? Heath, did I go back too far on that? Um, like, this is, I've told, this is, becomes a telethon now. You undo the bow tie, and you get real serious, and you say, Wolfpack, Tiger, Lion, Bruin fans, we really need you right now, and I'll say this again in 10 months, but right now, right now, we need you for everything, for the good. This is, honestly, this is like the youth league team selling shampoo or onions or I, I sold shampoo. I sold onions. Um, I sold bags of oranges. I'm not kidding. Like, they would have a like a tractor trailer f- drive up from Florida and all right, how many bags of oranges did you sell? 53. Well, here's 53 bags. You owe us $8 a bag and they're like $10 a bag. And so then they make $2. Of the, so because of me, they made $106. Yeah. Yay me. We get to have a baseball league again. Like, isn't it supposed to be, di- Hey, isn't it supposed to be different for the head coach at Washington than for a fourth grader in the greater Lawrenceville athletic association selling onions? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. But see, this is the thing, too, Chuck, for all the talk that people have about all oh, you know, these players and all this player movement. It's just it's a problem. We're going to, have to do something about it. In the end, I'm not sure as much as it's not probably great to have the level of movement that we have constantly in the sport right now. 
I'm not sure that's the biggest problem as much as the other part, which is what you're talking about, that uh, you you sold the onions maybe, but you didn't sell the onions 12 months a year. And and there's a bunch of people right now saying, hey, man, I want to support my team, but I don't have unlimited money. And and you you can't keep constantly saying, oh, we just need yeah, 25 bucks more. Oh, we just need 50 bucks more. Oh, yeah, we still need you to buy the tickets, pay your booster fees and all that. There's some people who are already saying, hey, man, I can't do it. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, it's just not a good thing. You don't ever want to be the person. Like, I, I, I take people behind the scenes a little bit, Chuck. Obviously, I'm trying to get three, sometimes four people a day to come on this radio program, talk to you about college football. Yep. I don't want to be the guy who only talks to somebody if I'm asking for something. So where I can, you know, hey, man, congratulations on that good thing you did. Hey, like that story you wrote, whatever. You try to make sure that you're not just always asking for something, even if they know, hey, sometimes you are asking for something. Right now, nobody can do that in college football. It's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week ask. Grayson McCall is a – it's a – such a perfect example that you almost shouldn't use it but unfortunately Heath Grayson McCall I don't think is really an outlier um if we go back and look at that kid's career at Coastal Carolina um you look at his year-to-year production he had a couple of seasons where it's like all right this is just a rocket ship to the moon um and then after a 2022 season where he was going to enter the portal he had 24 touchdowns and two and I'm there's a reason i'm giving y'all the background here that 24 touchdowns two picks 70 percent completions at coastal carolina and he's going to kentucky i heard i heard he's going to my school um i heard he's going to a lot of places ultimately the coastal carolina collective was able to gird up their loins and break off grayson mccall to a really nice like power five level like hey i'm a quarterback i'm getting doesn't matter if it's nc state auburn kentucky or coastal carolina plus i love it here and all this other stuff for their money last year again bottom line production he didn't have a very good season like didn't have a good season in the least and so now you're looking around if you went to your wallet for this you're like wait a minute we kept him that season is gone and my money and the quarterback um it is a tough ass to say hey let's build this up again you're like what are we going to do better than Grayson McCall and it didn't work yeah and there's another issue here too Chuck which is that at some point we were talking earlier, obviously, about the idea of a guy like a Brent Key that fans will give him a certain assumption maybe of loyalty that they're not going to give nearly as easily to almost anybody else now unless you have that that previously built-up goodwill. You know, you, you've got a report over the weekend claiming that Jed Fish was interviewing for the UCLA job. Fish had worked at UCLA in the past. Now, Fish shot that down through Bruce Feldman, said, absolutely not, that's ridiculous. The person who was reporting it was somebody who was with an Arizona tie who may very well have had an axe to grind against Fish. But, Chuck, I mean, just, just the fact that that's even conceivable tells you all you need to know. Like, there's, there's almost nothing you could say right now. If you said Saban wanted the UCLA job, I think you'd probably get some people scratching their head. But short of something like that, like, it doesn't matter how good the job you have is. It doesn't matter how much money you're getting. Like, there's just this perception right now that no one has any loyalty to anybody or anything beyond the next five seconds, what might feel good for me. And in the end, that's going to be a huge problem for the sport. I, I, yes. I, you can't say, well, 
Uh, it's a crisis right now. The ratings are good. There's a new wave coming in with the playoff that's going to generate excitement. Short term, you're okay. But long term, if this thing is perceived as basically pro wrestling, hey, I, I embraced you and now I'm throwing you through the barbershop window. If, if that's how people perceive everyone in this sport, it's not going to work. No, because a lot of it, I mean, obviously is financial, but a lot of it is emotional. That's why we go to spring games because it's emotional, because it has been, it's like the direct middle point between the last time we saw the people we sit next to at every home game and the next time we'll like, and we don't want to go nine months between seeing these people. Um, that's really why you go. And I don't know, you go to spring game, where do you sit? Mostly where you sit. Where do you uh, tailgate? Mostly where you tailgate. It's an emotional thing, and when you start to, I don't know, blatantly fire hose away a lot of that, um, it does. So that's why I said, and the kids can't be, I would say trusted, can't be counted on. It's kind of beyond their their gray matter, and it's supposed to be. Um, they haven't experienced all this stuff yet, and the the consequences are, the consequences, consequences, I got $55,000 and a Dodge Challenger. Uh, that's the consequences. No, the consequences are when you're off playing for the Chargers. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 